You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody. It is another, you know, of course, another Locked On Texans podcast, your daily Texans talk and news. As always, it's your boy, some sports guy to the right of me, my man. Cody Davis, how you doing today, everyone? And how you doing today, John? I am excited. This is a huge, huge week. Uh, Thursday along is a big day. We got the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. We have Avengers Endgame. I have to throw that in, of which, course. Which one is more important? On air, I'm going to say the NFL draft. <laughs> On air, smart, smart. That's what smart. I'm going to say. But yeah, no, you and everybody else, but I, I guarantee you, deep down inside, everyone is going to say in game. Yeah, of course. I mean, unless you're in like, game is going to be epic. I think they're going to do a billion dollars the first week. No, not the, I, I, probably. I wouldn't be worldwide, surprised. Worldwide, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. What we should not be surprised about is chaos. We don't know if Kyler Murray's going to go number one. Yeah, that's crazy. That's, that's Did going you see on. That? Uh, reports are coming out that he may not go number one. He may slip outside of the top top ten. 10. The last, the latest mock that came out, which was yesterday Miami, evening, that him going to Miami, which is like a real shocker. What uh, is Arizona doing right now? I don't know. Um, but we also got to look at not chaos, but uh. <sighs> Look at some uncertainty with our hometown team. Mm-hmm. What are they going to do at 23? Now, this whole week, uh, uh, besides Thursday, of course, we are going to be talking about the draft. We have to. Seven rounds, seven picks, two in the 22nd. No fourth round pick this year. Um, but they still have a third. They have a fifth, six, and seven. They have seven picks total. Kicks off at 23. Um, they also made a change. In their jerseys, <laughs> the Texans unveiled their change with a Twitter video uh, that includes a voiceover from the Houston Texans announcer and team's vice president, Mark Vandermeer. You guys want to hear it? Do they want to hear it? Yeah, yeah, let them hear it. All right. This is how it kicked off with the jersey change. Before the Houston Texans ever played a single down, before any players were on the roster, there was the logo, that unmistakable half-battle red, half-deep-steel blue bullhead with a Liberty White Star for an eye. It was the very first symbol of NFL football returning to Houston after five long years. The Texans have done it! The Texans logo represents not just the team that plays on Sundays, but the spirit of Texans everywhere. Proud, strong, courageous. Being a Texan is something that people wear like a badge of honor. And we want to wear this logo proudly. Not just on the helmet, but on our backs. So that everyone can see that we are Texans. Did that get you ready? Did that that get you going? Five long years without football in Houston? (laughs) That's uh, out of all that. That's what you heard. (laughs) I I mean, because I... 
I mean, I, I moved to Houston in 2003. So that was right. always the Football Texans. For you, yeah. I wasn't here for the Houston Oilers. And I just can't imagine, like, just, like, that's one of my biggest fears is losing football. One of my favorite, not even football, just one of my favorite teams. Well, the only thing that they did differently, uh, and if you guys haven't saw the video, check it out on the uh, Texas Twitter page. They just added the bullhead on top of the jersey above the name. I think it's a cool addition. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, the bullhead. The bullhead. To me, it's one of the best logos. And I'm not saying it's just because I'm on the show, but it's by far one of the best logos in the NFL. Like that it was on parade. Fits, it like that fits the team. Yeah. Texans. Bulls on parade, and we are the Bulls on parade with a party twist. Speaking of changes, of course, we're gonna have some roster changes. We need to look at the possibility of this happening hmm. at the 23rd pick. Oh, yeah. All of that and more with the Bulls on Parade with a party test on the other side. If you're in your car, don't forget to tell your smartphone, your smart device. Play Locked On Texans on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, now on Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, and you can argue that sports.com when we come back. There's a possibility that this could happen at the 23rd pick. What is it? Stay tuned. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Locked On Texans, only on the Locked On Podcast Network. As John alluded to before, there's a possibility that this might happen, and it's very, very interesting. The NFL Network, they did a, I believe it was an hour-long special of a mock draft, and they had the Texans, the Houston Texans, taking a cornerback with their 23rd pick in the first round. That was really surprising to not only me, but to John as well, because ever since we have taken over this show, we have talked about countless time over and over and over again, how important it is for the Houston Texans to not only draft an offensive line, but use that first pick in that draft to draft an offensive line. I I wouldn't necessarily say it's surprising. It is. Only- so for me, I don't think it's surprising. I just don't like the possibility of it. This is me mm-hmm. personally. <clears throat> because the Texans are in a position where they are in desperate need of both. Right? We know that. Uh, your offensive line was the worst last year, if not one of the worst offensive lines we've seen up until the Carr brother, the first go round in Houston, mm-hmm. um, you drafted. You thought you drafted a franchise cornerback a couple of years ago when you took Kevin Johnson over Marcus Peters in the first round, but he's released. So we've seen how that goes. It's just right now you pick your poison. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the draft is coming up. They are in a position if they stay exactly where they are in in order then they have a chance to really hit on it. But if taking that cornerback first round, it's like people are going to want to see the results immediately. But once again, the offensive line is the Texans' weakest position. Yes, yes, the Texans' secondary lost a lot this offseason. And, John, you know I've mentioned it before. Losing Honey Badger and losing Kareem Jackson will hurt. But at the end of the day, I do not think that is a smart route to go. Now, it's not finalized. Several other mock drafts that I've studied we've seen a before. Bunch yeah, we've seen, we seen a bunch of. They still have. Um, they still have the Texans taking an offensive an offensive tackle. I believe 
the most notable tackle that I seen was of course was your boy Cody Ford. Uh Dillard, Andre, I mean uh, Andre Dillard out of Washington State, Peter mm-hmm. King, uh, which we'll get into, kind of alluded to um the possibility of that trade up, which we've discussed many times yeah. on the show. So <clears throat> But when they did the mop, when in, when the NFL Network did the mop, they did draft an interesting player. And that player was DeAndre Baker out of Georgia. Georgia kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, at the same time, I'm looking at it like I don't like the move only because I know how important it is for the Texans to draft the best offensive tackle they need in this first round to protect a guy like Deshaun Watson. But at the same time, if you're looking at a situation where DeAndre Baker is still on was still on the board come the 23rd pick, should the Texans consider that? And then you also got to look at it from this standpoint. Let's say if Greedy Williams, the kid out of LSU, falls I've, I've all seen, the way I've, down I've to 23rd, seen, what I've do you the do then? The thing about – and I like Baker. Four, ran a 4-5. Uh, 118 inch broad jump, 36 mm-hmm. games for the Bulldogs. And his Georgia. stats was pretty, pretty yeah, good. Seven interceptions, seven 23 interceptions. Um, pass, uh, pass, pass breakups. I'm sorry. Uh, had a sack. And this is, 11, I'm sorry to cut wingspan. you off, but his player comparison is Kareem Jackson. Which that's funny, right? <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, when you analyze the possibility, oh, he also won the Jim Thorpe Award yeah, for, for the best, best uh, BB in college, in college, right? Mm-hmm. So when you look at the possibility of drafting both, let's say you go out and you draft that lineman, which those are the two options right now, a lineman or a cornerback. We know that. We get it. The problem is if you go with offensive line first, then that is already an expectation that has been set the moment the playoffs were done for the Houston Texans. Yeah. What, what was the concern? What was the issue? What was the leak in, in, in the roof right now? The, the, the offensive line. That was been the issue. So if you go out there and you make that pick at offensive line <clears throat> at 23, then the thought is they are being aggressive with trying to protect their franchise quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. But if you go with cornerback first over, I believe, your top priority with the offensive line, then the thought process is we better have Darrell Revis. We better have a Champ Bailey. We better have the very first few years of Richard Sherman, Patrick Peterson. That is going to be the thought press process. We better have drafted the guy that's going to be outstanding in this league at cornerback. And I think that's going to be some pressure uh, on, on game to make that decision. We've discussed time and time again. We've heard from Bill O'Brien about how he likes his lineman versatile. There's always been points hinting at there will be an offensive line lineman there that they're going to like because at 23, the ones that you may have preferred may be gone, but you still have a good bunch that could be there. I just think if you go with corner first, even at a guy like Baker, mm-hmm. The kid can ball. I'm sorry. I don't even want to call him a kid. The man can ball. You know what I mean? He can play zone. He can play man. He's a guy that he he can do a lot. But the moment we draft or if he's drafted or another cornerback is drafted over an offensive lineman, then that pressure is going to be on the front office because they made their decision. Brian Gang, this is his second year. Last mm-hmm. year he drafted players like Kiki and Justin Reed and, and, and a slum of others. You don't have to get it done on this one. But it's a tricky situation. It's, it's very I tricky. I mean, I pers- like some mock drafts I've seen have people like DeAndre Baker falling down, f- 
falling somewhere in the second round. So if that is a guy that I don't think so. You know, I, you don't I, I don't so. see him falling. There has been a couple. I see him. They see they. He was early second round. So once again, this. I mean, the draft is so tricky. To me personally, I just hope they stick to getting an offensive line. Because think about it. You look at Taylor Williams, Ford, and Diller. All four of those guys. If they if they take a corner, all four of those guys are going to be gone by the time the Texans get to their fifty fourth pick in the second round. So now you're in a situation where. All of the top offensive lines are gone. Those guys have a possibility of being gone before they even get to 23. I'm pretty sure one of them will still be there. Well, I, Ford, I believe, Ford, have the possibility of being there. a lot of people have, have the Texans taking Ford. I think Dillard would be Diller. gone. I believe Jonah Williams would be gone. Oh, I believe Williams. Taylor would be gone. Jonah Williams and Taylor, they will be gone for They'll sure. Be gone. But, I mean, by the 23rd pick, there's going to be a situation where Ford or Dilla, or possibly both of them, is still on the board by by Thursday night. I don't know about eight thirty by the time they pick. By that time, because the first round is always dragged out. Yeah, uh, and they always have unnecessary commercials. I hate those unnecessary. But they got commercials. to man. They, got, they, they got, know everybody they gotta have, have it. Draft parties, um, but but you're right. The the thing is, I the fear for me is analyzing this draft and how. I think the fear for the the organization and maybe some fans right now is everything can go right, perfect, if that very first pick falls the way you want it to fall. Hmm. Now, we're going to discuss the possibility again. We're going to revisit it because we've we've discussed um, this week. Well, not this week, but in prior weeks and shows. We're also going to get Thomas Willie back on later this week to discuss the later rounds of the, of the draft mm-hmm. um, before the, the draft Thursday. But the problem is if you hit it on that first-round pick, the possibility on hitting on every pick in this draft is very likely because you have a back-to-back pick in the second round. Yeah. And you have a third. You don't have a fourth because of a trade with Demarius Thomas, Broncos, but you have a fifth, you have a sixth, you have a seventh. Everybody wants to hit it right on the nail when you get to 23. And that's the issue. And I can tell you why that can be an issue. Or if it won't be an issue, moving forward, when we come back, we're going to discuss the possibility of this happening on draft night or a day or two before. When we come back on Locked on Texas Podcast, some sports guy and Cody Davis. Welcome back in, everybody. Hey, listen, as always, if you are uh, heading to the gym and you are, you know, looking towards running the treadmill, want to knock out a couple miles or doing a bike, maybe the stairs, and you kind of ran through your whole musical playlist, well, just tell your phone, hey, smartphone, check this out. Can you play Locked On Texas Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network? You can get that played through you, too. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Cody. Uh Megaphone, Stitcher, and Spotify, along with you can argue that sports.com. For, but for that, you would have to go to the website and click it. If you are just moving around the city of Houston stuck in traffic, smartphone while you're in your car, play Locked On Texans podcast, and you'll get that podcast right up. Now, Peter King of NBC Sports. May, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it a bold prediction, Cody. You want to know why I don't want to call it a bold prediction? I've been having this bold prediction for a while now, right? Yeah, you have. I think it's a very strong possibility. And here's what we're talking about. The possibility of a trade-up. Now, for the rest of the week, we're going to look into round two. We're going to look at the other rounds of this draft. Mm-hmm. It's very important for the Texans because, like we mentioned before, this draft can go perfect for you if you hit on every pick, right? Yeah. 
I don't want to be the I told you show if it happens. But if you do trade up, then, of course, the trade scenario would possibly be swapping first round picks and you would either give up the 54 or 55th pick in the second round, which will more than likely uh, be the 54th. Somebody's going to want their first pick. Mm -hmm. Peter King of NBC Sports. Well, he wanted, to make, he wanted to make a wild, cool, tough choice for the Houston Texans and that they would send the 23rd and 55th pick of the second round to New York for the 17th pick, and they would trade up for who? Andre Dillard. That's your guy, huh? That's my guy. Um, is that just a radical thought? Hear me out on this, and listen to this, me too. Last year, look at what his first season, Brian Gain was able to do as a GM in the role of drafting. Nobody else, not not free agency, not bringing in, you know, players that have been in the league because of injury, not that, just strictly drafting. Well, Justin Reed, Martinez, Martinez Rankin, Jordan Atkins, Kiki Kuti, Duke Ajafori, he actually is from Houston, and um, Peter Columbia uh, as well. Out of those few names, Justin Reed sticks out, right? Mm-hmm. We know what he can do. Uh, Kiki QT out of Texas Tech, he sticks out. He had a couple good games for the Houston Texans. Martinez and even Jordan Atkins, they kind of, yeah, we remember those guys from the previous season. But he got Justin Reed in the third round. He also got Kiki, I believe, in the, in the, in the fifth my point is, as your first year GM, you did a decent job. You know, you didn't have a lot to work with because of the trade up to get the son Watson the year before. So you did what you had to do or what you had. Now coming into this year's draft, this will be your first full offseason when you have complete control. As mentioned before, um, Bob is no longer with us Janice is running the show along with her son, and they've been incorporating a lot of what Bill O'Brien wants to do with the offense. And so there's been a lot of, from what I've been hearing around the the organization, a lot of partnering with one another. And that's good, right? Yeah. But for Brian Gain, you have a point to prove. I got to get this done. You look at the names, Justin Reed, Martinez, Rankin. That's nice. Jordan Atkins, Kiki, that's nice. But now you got to hit on this draft. The best way to do it, Cody, go up and say New York, which I think New York is in a fine position. Here's why. Everything New York can do, it will be depending on that very first pick. Because if they go defense first, then the possibility of them drafting Eli's successor would be at 17. But the person that they May want at 17, because let's face it, Kyler Murray will be off the board by 17, and so will Haskins. So the next guy that we've been seeing float around a lot with New York, the Giants, that is, uh, and pairing them together, has been Daniel Jones. I've said it before. If you get Daniel Jones at 17, you'll get him at 23. Vice versa, if you go quarterback um, with your first pick, then you have options, I'm sure, at defense for the 17th. And maybe you feel like the risk of getting the 23rd moving back and then also adding a second-round pick will be worth it. So it's very dependent on the Giants. But if I'm the Texans, I've said it many times before, 
try to make that move because that is in a position that can immediately, this guy thinks he's the best offensive tackle in the draft. To me, it all depends on who it is and what it is they have their eyes set on. That's very true. If you are looking at to just trade up just to get a big-name guy, because remember, Gaines said in that clip we played last week, he said not only are we going to look at need, but we're going to also look at big-name players who can be who who can help us? It it all depends. What are they looking at? A guy like Andre Diller, I kind of believe he's still going to be there at the number twenty third pick. But if you do trade up and get seventeen, that puts you more in the situation that we talked about on the last segment about being in a position where you have one of the top cornerbacks also. You have one of the top offensive lines. You need both. Which way do you go? If you go that route where you draft that cornerback, then your offensive line is still weak. If you go a route where you draft the offensive line, you lost that extra second pick that you have in the second round. So now that, that can puts boost you, a roster. That who can right. boost your roster? Now that puts you in a situation where you could lose that cornerback, or you can, or or you can lose that defensive tackle, or anything that you're thinking about doing with the pick. I I, I really do think it's real. I'm sorry to cut you off. Go, no, go ahead, I really man. do think it's really valuable that they just play safe, stay where they at. Back to back second round pick is really really it's critical, perfect. man. It's I don't, perfect. I don't, I don't, but I if do not you want have to see a guy that. that you like and that you really really believe he is, if you say anything, we believe this blank blank guy can be a franchise blank blank. Then if you have the possibility to go get that guy, then you go get the guy. I, also I, considering before Brian Gain, we had mm-hmm. a, a GM with Rick Smith. You know, bless him. Very predictable. Yeah. Outside of Deshaun Watson, moving up for Deshaun Watson, it wasn't much that changed. Not even with drafting, just the organization period became very stalled out and predictable. In game's position, you don't want to be that, that guy. You want to have your own regime, right? Mm-hmm. It's like Game of Thrones. You, If you want to sit at the Iron Throne, <laughs> what are you going to do that's going to be different? But it, like I say, it all depends on who do you have your eyes set on. Now, if you can trade up and get somewhere between, I don't know, 10 and 15, and you got a chance to get Jonah Williams, why not? Because that is a guy who can really change your offensive line. Yeah, yeah, I and I believe so. But I, I, but to say... Really analyzing Andre, this draft, I've, I've been looking at Andre Dillard. I think he's the best pass protector in this draft. Mm-hmm. And But what about Cody Ford, though? I, I'm not, I, I am not that high on Cody Ford. Mm. As much I as I am with Andre Dillard. And as we've discussed, we've seen a lot of trying to turn into a new era of Houston Texan football. Bill O'Brien touched on getting the, the ball out to the the running backs out the backfield more. Yeah. Uh, expanding the offense. That has been an issue that fans have wanted for the longest. And if you really just I mean, how many times do we hear people say we, we knew what the play was gonna happen before Oh, we hear that a lot. We hear that a lot. <laughs> So in order to transition to a more pass-happier offense, well, you're going to need that protection. And the guy that got sacked 60-plus times in the previous season, that's not going to cut it. You know what I mean? And and when I look at Andre Dillard, I just think he is the best pure pass blocker in this draft. Mm -hmm. And if anybody in the Texans organization that's in the war room with them 
when Rick Smith, who was known for not making trade-ups, known for sticking to where he's at, known for being pretty conservative with his picks, the last thing he was able to really do in the draft was what? What did he do? Draft Deshaun Watson. And how did he do that? By trading. And they believe Deshaun Watson is a what? A franchise quarterback. So if you analyze everything that comes with the territory of the possibility of trading up, if you believe that Dillard is a guy, and if you if you believe if we have our franchise quarterback that's right-handed, that we need our franchise left tackle, if you put franchise next to this guy's name, mm-hmm. then you have to explore every opportunity. And if you don't feel that way, then yeah, you stay at 23. Do you feel that Andre Dillard is your franchise cornerstone changing player for your offensive line? I believe for the Houston Texans, the, the same way they felt about Dwayne Brown out of Virginia Tech mm. when he came out. I believe, this is what I believe about Andre Dillard, watching him and his footwork, watching him and how quick he can move in his hand placement then yes, I believe he's your franchise left tackle. Mm. But we're not drafting. Yeah, yeah, we're not drafting. We're just, and like I said, if he's there at twenty at the 23rd pick, by no far, draft him. But once again, when you're talking about trading up to get someone, like the Deshaun Watson situation, that was shocking itself because I truly believe that. I didn't that. believe it. I thought for sure Watson was going to go the top funny, five the, in that draft. The funny thing about that draft, I kid you not, I was in Atlanta then. Mm-hmm. On draft night, and this weekend, not on draft night, of course, but I will be in Atlanta, so it's a two-year anniversary. <laughs> you guys can thank me. But <laughs> everybody, it, it was about three of us that were actually, you know, one in, I had a couple of Texas fans with me, and in Atlanta, it's everybody's everybody in Atlanta. I saw somebody with a Saints jersey on in Atlanta. I thought that was weird. But nonetheless, when the trade-up happened, People who weren't even fans of Houston was just surprised that they did that. And so, would you run want to risk the, the chance of, okay, well, we got up and got this guy, who, by the way, is still a potential, but we also missed out on a second-round pick that we could use to immediately affect our roster. That is where the crossroads Meet up. Like I said, when you talk about the Deshaun Watson draft, I was just shocked he fell out the top ten. Yeah. I thought if anything, he was by far top five. And it, but he didn't. He was traded up to go to the Houston Texans, which we've seen him the last couple of years. Later on this week, well, if every day this week, I know we kind of touched on the first round, which we've done a lot. I think the mm-hmm. first round for the Houston Texans, Cody, has been. It's been a real fun discussion, simply because they are in. They're in this interesting unwanted, unwanted water. Yeah, they they're in an interesting situation because it's like for the Texans, they are a couple players, and I do mean just a couple. A little knickknack here, a little knickknack there. They the could be are huge. By yeah, the way, but and if it's fixed, they can really be contenders in the AFC. Yeah, I mean, this even is Jeff not, Van Gundy said on NBA, you know, it was the NBA playoffs, and, and yeah. Jeff Van Gundy, who once coached the Houston Rockets, shout my out to favorite coach. Um, that was one of my favorites too. Shout out to Locked On Rockets with Ben Du Bois. By the Rockets time you guys hear this, we'll be in the swept Utah. We should. I'm still hurt by Game Seven in 2007. Oh I'll never get over that. But with those those fixes and like little leaks, it's very yeah. important to get taken care of. But if if it, if this happens and this happens, then the house is going to be great. But it needs to happen. But at the same time, you don't want to 
over you don't want them to overanalyze and the right. next thing you know worry about leak, one area so a much leak becomes that, a bigger leak that's true it's just it's it's fun it's interesting to see what's going to happen later on this week guys we will discuss second round those two picks back to back man those are huge baby that's gonna be big. uh third round and we're, of course we're going to get Thomas Will on later this Willie as on later this week as well mm-hmm. uh this is locked on Texas podcast if you guys did not check out the locked on podcast network mock draft all of those are up right now on LockedOnPodcastNetwork.com. You can check those out. We are day four. So ours would have aired on a Thursday, Pick 23. Um, you can also catch this podcast when it gets up on Megaphone, of course, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And where else can they find us, Cody? You can argue that sports.com. The one-stop shop, Houston Sports, that me and Cody created for the city of Houston. Anything else you want to leave the people with? Just keep studying. It's going to be an interesting week to keep see. I, I, I'm excited for Thursday. I am too. It's been a long time since I've Endgame been. also comes out Thursday, yeah, so yeah, my excitement too, is But too. I'm really excited. This is the first time, I don't think, I think this is the first time maybe since the Vince Young, Mario Williams draft that I've been this excited for. Really? Yeah. And that's only because I was a huge Reggie Bush, Vince Young fan, and uh. two of my top Teams had back to back first and second pick Saints. Oh and Texans. yeah, that's right. That's right. That, that that's was right. so yeah, legendary. Right. I'm glad the Saints. 2011. Got it right. You know who got drafted to the Houston Texans? JJ Watt. Oh yeah. I call him I keep Justin James. It. Yeah, that's right. His mama called him Justin James. I'ma call him Justin James. So we gonna call him Justice James. Locked on Texans podcast, everybody. The Bulls on Parade with a party twist. You guys stay safe out there. If you are in tra- traffic, check us out. Don't sweat. We'll be back. Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.